and then as we are entering this month this year rather the Lord spoke to us also about this year I want to ask you this what month did God say to you in this church to be to be to be careful about the invasion and onslaught that is plotted by Russia against Ukraine what month is it the Lord said that before we enter this year that in February there is a plot from Russia to invade Ukraine in a dimension that will shake the world that the world thought they have been shaken over last year but they have not yet been shaken and you understand that the Ukraine invasion, you know, invasion last year brought global economic crisis, which God had told us before the invasion that last year the world would plunge into a crisis. And I told you in 22, in 21 and 20, those of you who have mortgages, fix your mortgage for five years. Because in 2022, we see a calamity of crash in the economy global. And the Lord, of course, told us that that will bite heavily in 2023. The Lord told us that Britain will be out of that crisis by 2025. But Europe will remain until 2027. And of course, a good number of us, if not all of us, when the Lord spoke, we fixed our mortgages. So the, the interest rate going up does not affect this house. Am I correct? Come on now, church. How many of you fix your mortgages? Wave your hands up. Can you hear me in the middle there? Wave your hands up. Let me see. Yes, that's right. Because God said fix your mortgages. So currently the interest rate that is going up does not affect you. I did too. The rest of my mortgage. So that I will not be the one God will speak through and then not obey. And the Lord told us also strategic things that will happen on earth. But before I continue my lecture today on delusion of the devil, I want to play a clip the reason why I want to play the clip is that I promise you that this February is our 33rd anniversary. This church started 33 years ago on the 4th of March. But we have our convention in this month. And I will be playing clips, various clips of this house. You know, where it started from. Where it started from and, you know... And some of you will see yourself. <laughs> some people will laugh in the choir, especially <laughs> when you see yourself 30 years ago, and you are still in the choir 30 years after. When you see some people 33 years ago, and you are still in the choir, you know, in your offices. But a lot of things have changed, isn't it? Including your yourself. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Some have grown taller. Some have grown fatter by the anointing. <laughs> Amen. Anointing broke the yoke. And of course, while I was going through this, my greatest joy is that you have increased in the knowledge of God. 
That is my greatest joy. Some of you have received various gifts of the Spirit manifesting in the power of the Holy Spirit. People who came in not knowing who the Lord really was are now going on the streets and getting the cripple walking and preaching the kingdom of God. And of course, I looked at you also. None of you, every one of you, have been raised by God to high positions in this country. So we have testimony that God is what He claims He is in the Bible. Our life is the testimony. Before we carry on, let me have the tape, the prophetic tape, which is a clip of about six minutes, and then I'll come back to you. I see a crash on the global finance. It looks similar to what happened the last time. This is a decisive uh, moment for the world economy. The decisions that we make now will affect our world for a decade or more to come. Uh, the news from Wall Street has shaken the American people's faith in our economy. The situation from Lehman Brothers and other financial institutions is the latest in a wave of crises that have generated enormous uncertainty about the future of our financial markets. But the ripple was greater than what happened the last time. The UK has fallen into its largest recession on record because of the coronavirus lockdown, contracting by more than 20% between April and June in the biggest slump of any major global economy. In the days of peace and calamity that is coming, separate us, Lord, from the judgment and wrath. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. The United Kingdom has been hit hard by COVID-19. There is the tragic loss of life, about 100,000 people at last count. There's also the economic devastation, which is actually worse than here in the United States or in many other developed nations. The biggest slowdown in more than three centuries. I also see doors opening for us. And those doors that open for the gospel also open doors for skills, skilled people among us. Alfred Theophilus Babatunde Williams. of hell. It is not the last onslaught of Satan, but it is, his name is called delusion. A deception of magnitude that the world had not seen. It is a wave that will move among nations like a movement and it will sweep nations like storm. 
They are the images organizers of this protest had desperately hoped to avoid. But for a second night, police officers under attack from an angry crowd around Whitehall. Running for cover as protesters threw bottles and other objects at them. Cars on fire, thick black smoke filling the sky as protesters demanding justice for George Floyd clash with police. Some demonstrators smashing windows of this police precinct, officers on the roof firing smoke and flashbang grenades. The crowd dispersed, but then returned and stormed the precinct, police evacuating as protesters set fire to the However, God also has sent forth a signal from heaven into the souls of his saints, waiting for the flood to come. And when the floods have been released from hell, of which it must come, when it will hit the wall, then I saw the saints of God, true saints of God, that which God has sent into their spirit begin to emerge. And rather than that wind of the devil to delude the whole world, it shall be used as a catalyst to release a new dimension of oppressions and manifestation in the church. And that is what will distinct the saints of God from the entire world. You mark my words. Delusion is coming. But when you begin to hear of it, understand that God has marked you. He has marked his saints on earth. And that's it. It is a delusion that will wake up the mighty man in you that will bring the manifestation that God has prepared. God cannot be caught by surprise. He knew the devil will plan it. He knew the time and the season that he will unleash it. And so, he had created the beings for that time that will counter it. I want to congratulate you that you are one of them. We thank God. This is the limit I wanted you to hear. I want to stop at this limit because it talks about you. And I'm talking to the body of Christ global. A Christian is not somebody who goes to church. However, Christians do go to church. A Christian is not somebody who is born in a Christian home. And of course, some born in Christian home decide to be one. A Christian is somebody who had decided to follow Jesus and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And there are manifestations promised by the Lord himself that will attend anyone who believes in him. What is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to equip God's people so that they can manifest in the gifts that God has embedded in them, especially the gifts that should be manifest after salvation. A church that fails to do that is not a church of Christ. If the church is of Christ, 
Then, what Jesus did in the first church, which is the book of Acts, must happen in such congregation. A congregation that does not have encounters of the book of Acts, I question who they gather for. I will call that a peculiar mess and an institution that could be used by the devil in the end time. In the book of Hosea chapter 2 verse 28, I want us to read this together. Hosea Let's go to the book of Hosea. Sorry, Joel, sorry. Joel 2.28. What does it say? And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Joel. Let's read this together. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody is a son of God, what is the first thing he should do? Prophesy. So, which means that everybody who is born again inside them is the potential or the ability to prophesy. We agree? First Corinthians two nine. Let's read that two together. However, let me hear your reading. Yes. The next verse. So, which means that anybody who is a Christian has ability to see what no eye has seen. He has ear to hear what no one has heard. And he has mind to conceive what no one can conceive, which God gives to him. Not only that, it says it has been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So which means everyone who is born of God, the certainty that you are born again, is your ability to hear from the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. Why am I saying all these things to you? Because I'm about to teach you about the delusion of Satan in the last days. We were going through last week and found out some things in the Bible. The first thing we found out that God did not create hell for people. He created hell for the devil and his angels, fallen spirits. But however, we also discovered that human beings are in hell. Not only that, people who went to church on earth ended up in hell. Why should that be? Now listen to me attentively. All these things can happen because of the delusion of Satan. 
When people go to church on earth, their intention is that they don't want to end up in hell. The Bible says the name has been given unto man by which man should be saved. That is the name of Jesus. If anybody does not understand this, it's because God has not given you the understanding yet. The Bible says that Jesus said, Come unto me, you that labor and are heavily laden, and you find rest for your soul. Salvation is found in no one else. Neither is there any name under heaven by which man will be saved, but the name Jesus. So you don't go to heaven because people pitied you. You don't go to heaven because you are sure you are going there. You go to heaven only because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you follow Him. That's the reason why you go to heaven. But what did the Bible say concerning this end time? I said to you from the vision I saw, I saw a delusion coming out of the pit of hell. God does not want man to go to hell. But anyhow, some men, they end up in hell. It is like God does not want anyone to be poor. However, some are poor. What is behind this? And how can I, myself, and yourself make sure we are on our way to heaven, even in our dying day? Delusion of the devil. Now, write this down. What is delusion? Delusion, in English dictionaries, is false belief or judgment about sex, about eternal reality held. Sorry. False belief and judgment about external reality, which is held as a view, despite every intro, incontrovertible evidences. Somebody who is deluded, we have a false belief and we have a false judgment of things in a very convincing manner, regardless of any evidence that prove contrary in other words he will see white and he will call it black because he's been deluded that white is black regardless of every evidence of chemistry that says it is white he will retain his position that that which you call white is black but dictionary, dictionary uh, definition of it went further to say this false belief and false judgment takes place in the mental of the man. So, and this is where the spiritual comes in. Where is your mental? Your mental is your mind. It's your mind. Does the Bible validate that? Of course. First Corinthians 2, if you go back to that, that's chapter 9, go to the next one. The next verse, 11. It says, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man, except the man's spirit within him? This scripture mentions thoughts, and it mentions spirits. So it means that your thought realm is different from your spirit realm. However, your spirit man knows your thoughts. Yes? 
I'm talking about delusion have a seat in the mental of man, the reasoning of man. He went further to say in verse 12, We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit whom is from God. Now, this also introduced another spirit. The first spirit that he introduced is the spirit of God and the spirit of man. The next spirit introduced is the spirit of this world. Are we together now? Are we following me? Can everybody hear me over there? Good. I just came down because I, I, you know, my, volume, my voice was lost the other time. I want to make sure that everybody is, is intact. Don't worry about the cold. You will warm up inside by the word I speak to you. This is a matter of life and death. I can finish preaching here. I go into that room. And the next news that will come to you is that I've died. We don't die because we feel like dying. Alright? So, your life and your death. You cannot think about your life without thinking about your death. Really, if you do that, I will tell you the category you fall into. We have not received the spirit of the world, the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given. Now, which means that anybody who is void of the spirit of the world are the only people who can understand what God has freely given. Is that correct? Come on now, let's talk. Good. Because in talking, you are warming up, isn't it? <laughs> if I say something that you disagree with, point, just lift your hands up. As far as the scripture is concerned, just lift your hands up. And ask me again, I'll repeat it. This scripture is helping us to know something. Because what led to this dialogue is the issue of the Spirit of God that you have been given and the distinction between the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the world. So if there is a Spirit that belongs to God, there must be another Spirit that belongs to opposite. And God, the Bible describes this as the world. And we know from the book of Ephesians, don't go there, chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, that the Bible says that the Spirit of the world is ruled by Lucifer. Yes? So, what I'm trying to establish before we go further is the fact that delusion has its place in mental of man, as English dictionary puts it. I want to establish that from the scriptures. Now, if you look at the next verse, it says, This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. Now, what that means is very simple. I'm talking to you now, I'm not reading it from a book. What I'm saying, I'm not reading it. As I'm speaking, you are hearing me. And I'm hearing as I utter what I'm saying. So, the things we teach does not come from human intellect. But it comes from the revelation by the Holy Spirit that lives inside us. So that as you, the hearer is hearing, I, the speaker, is hearing too. Because they are spiritual and they must be spiritually discerned. In the midst of my speaking with you sometime, I move into some other realm and I begin to tell you that look at what I'm saying here, isn't it? Come on church now. And I tell you, like when the Lord revealed to me about um, um, Listros, that she will win next week, but the moment she won, she is planted, she will be removed. And it was so. Those are spiritual words. 
There are words that man cannot pre-plan. That's the reason why if you, read, if you write a sermon and you are reading your sermon to the church, it is your intellect that is working. It may have element of inspiration of the Holy Spirit when you are writing it. But when you are speaking freely by the Holy Spirit, this is what he's saying here. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit. Expressing spiritual truth in spiritual work. The next verse says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. You can understand what delusion is. Delusion is having a form of judgment or an argument, you know, that is false, regardless of every evidence against it. So when someone is deluded, when, when you read the Bible, they will argue with it. They argue about it. It's delusion. Understand, I will help you know this. Many of you have fallen into um, unnecessary controversies, and you have been hurt because you did not understand that there is a boundary you cannot cross. That is, try to convince a deluded person. You don't do that. Because you can never convince a one deluded. Look at um, Russian president now. What is his name? Putin. Tell Putin that people are bo- Russia is bombing them, bombing civilians in, in Ukraine. Putin will say that, no, no, we are rescuing them. Is that not what he says? We are rescuing them by bombing them. We are saving them by killing them. Isn't it? We are building their country by eliminating all the people who dwell in the country. Can you imagine that? And the whole world is saying, no, 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 no. I thought if he was the only one saying that, one would have said that maybe something is wrong with him. But strange enough, all his cohorts interview them independently. They hold the same view. And then he said, they are the only one going to paradise that the whole of us in the world are going to hell. So he has knowledge of God. He has knowledge of Satan. He has knowledge of hell. He has knowledge of heaven. He has the knowledge that those who will go to hell are people who are contrary to God. However, he's walking in his way straight to hell and believe that he's going to heaven. That is delusion. But we who are Christians, we who are Christians, can you hear me now? Amen. Better. So those of you who are English, I have to increase my voice now because I thought that um, I don't want too much noise so that you can, you can just adjust your frequency of wave band of hearing. Okay now. Everybody can hear me. I, I hope I'm not too loud. So the scripture tells us here that the man without the Holy Spirit, there's nothing you can do to him. He cannot understand about eternity, about Jesus being the only way. He will tell you that there are several ways to God. Yes, don't worry, the people there will handle that. He will tell you that there are several ways to God. Are we together now? Several ways to God. If we will tell you that you, you need God, you need to see God in a graven image. Understand? 
and have to bow to it, then that is God. In my own dialects, you know what they call graven images? Something that was that has its origin in the mental of man, Orisha. Get my puppet, please. Orisha, my puppet. Orisha. Orisha means something that's Orisha. Untorisha. Orilosha. Something that a mental of a man produced that is idol. Orisha. You know, I came from that background. I think this year I'll be leaving you English people. I'll be going to all these places they worship idols. All these places they worship idols. Because I can relate much with people who feel, who feel that they have demonic power, they have satanic power. They are so cheap for me. I look for them. I feel comfortable helping them to know that um, their power is useless. If you bow down to what was graved by human being, then the human being who graved it is your God. You can't worship what I created. If I'm the creator of your God, then I'm more than that God. But how can you convince a man who bows his head to an idol? Delusion. I finish this in the next two verses and we move on. The next verse says, The spiritual man, contrarily, makes judgments about all things. A spiritual man makes judgments about all things. And I want to say to you, those of you who are Christians in this world, who have been involved in going, running from pillar to post, looking for one lecture, one lecture, new doctrine, new... Those things are from the devil. It's because you are unspiritual. Because if you are spiritual, if anybody speaks, you judge it. You judge what they say. You don't just gorge in anything they say. You make judgment of all things. Oh, the, the prophet said, that is not my wife. I should send her out. And you send the woman packing. You are going to hell. Period. Period. Because the prophet was not there when you made a vow. Even he was, if he, he was there, he didn't use his mouth to make vow on your behalf. It's delusion of the devil. So, if you are a spiritual man, you make judgment of all things. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. I love that. <laughs> Yes, some other time I will talk to you more about that, maybe within this, this month. You are free from the devil. I understand. You are free from the devil. Now shall we read verse 16 together? Uh-huh. Can you read it loud? Say it again if you know it. Who? That he? But I? Come on, say hallelujah. (laughs) What makes you different to the world is the mind of Christ in you. The reason why Satan cannot delude you is because of the operation of the mind. You understand that we are talking about the fact that delusion has its Habitat or occurring platform in 
human mental. That is what English is it says. And the Bible confirms that. So write these three things down. A deceiver, number one, a deceiver knows he is being deceived. He, he is a deceiving uh, person. A deceiver knows that he is deceiving others. When anybody deceives you, that person is aware, he's conscious of deceiving you. He knows that he's lying. There is no deceiver who does not know that they are deceiving. Are we together now? Number two, a person deceived falls into two categories. A deceived person could either be an ignorant Conscious. When somebody is being deceived. Alright? Those who are the receiver of deception, they fall into two categories. Either they are ignorant that you are deceiving them and they just follow you. Or they have consciousness that what you are saying is a lie, you are a deceiver. And they still go ahead with it. And I gave you an example of, you know, relationship. A man sees a boy, a girl, he wants to marry a girl, and then the lady, you know, began the relationship. And suddenly the lady discovered that there are some, you know, controversies in the, in the claim of the man. And he said, no, 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 I can handle it. Yes? When you're in courtship, the one who wants to marry you, you're having your birthday, he didn't buy you a card. And he said, oh, sorry, I mean, I, I forgot. The next year, he didn't buy you a card. You know, you know, <laughs> and when he, when, he, when he gives you something for your birthday, you are in courtship, you know, that you want to marry. And when he gives you something for your birthday, he goes to Sainsbury's and he buys you an apple and gives it to you. And people are saying to you that this man is stingy. Oh, no, 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 no. It will change, it will change. Or they warn you that this guy is not born again. You know, look at him very well. They say, ah, you know, uh, he will change. Or watch her. She's very temperamental. Oh, no, she will be okay. You know, we will manage that. And when you marry that person, you discover that, my friend, that person manages you. And it becomes a thorn in your flesh. Because you knew you had been deceived. But you ignored that knowing, and you still went for it. After this lecture, anybody who has heard my voice will be guilty of himself if you still allow yourself to be deceived. The Lord told me, the third thing that you must not forget is that a life of deception leads to delusion. That is, a life that follows perpetual deception will end up his life being deluded. You, you can begin to say to yourself, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. Every day, it takes you one month by intellectual studies to make you stupid. You may be the most genius. And the Bible confirms it. The, the, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Are you, are you now? Now, so, the Bible tells us this, and you need to recognize, a life of deception, perpetual deception, leads to delusion. So, as a Christian, you cannot follow anything that is deceitful under heaven. Are we in agreement? 
You know why? Anybody who chooses the path of deception always ends up in regrets. Isn't it? Come on now, church. Yes? If you can't hear me, just say, I cannot hear. Can you hear me now? I said everyone who follows the path of deception always ends up in their old age regrets. Is that not correct? I think you can see some gray hair in my head. And even if I don't have gray hair, this church is 33 years old. I'm sure that I'm not the same age I was 33 years ago. Correct? So, people who play away with truth and ignore truth at the time they should receive it, they always end up their life in regret. Some of them, when they are dying, they call for us. I can tell you several testimonies. I've ministered to people who are royals in their deathbed. People who money is not their problem. Their problem is how to spend it. On their deathbed, they were looking for Christ. There was one I went to. The wife, they, they called for me to come and minister to the person. That person is one of the junters in their country, came in. And then I was called to come and minister. And when I got to the place, as I saw the man, I told him, so the way you are dying. Oh, the wife said, ah, man of God. Man. I said, yes, the Lord said he's dying. I said, no, 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 okay, let us hear more from God. Why he's dying. The Lord said that all the people he had duped, I didn't know him before, that I should tell him now to make amends. And there's a particular person that he had transaction with and he killed that person. When I began to say it, the eyes of the man, tears were flowing. The blood of that person is crying against you. I've prayed for people who are dead and God raised them in this church. We know it. In my meetings, it's happened. Medically certified dead, medically alive. Brain dead and brain alive. But this one, God said he would die. And you know when God sends you, you don't look at the people that you are telling. The recipient is not, is not important. So, I said to the man, one thing you can do for yourself is to ask Jesus for mercy and truly repent. For life, you will not have. Privilege of second chance is not in your record. Because the Lord will take you any minute from now. So the man cried and cried and cried and began to... You know, when they tell you something like that, you will accept Jesus by force and fire. He confessed what he did and who knows what he confessed other things he didn't do. He can confess everything. So after confessing, every confessionable. And truly repented. I said, now let me lead you to Jesus. Because the Bible says there are sins I remember no more. God is not interested in the death of any sinner, but for him to come to repentance. So I led him to Christ. With tears, he accepted Jesus. And in terrible fear. And I said to the man, I'll see you in paradise. Very influential man. As I moved towards the other side, I saw the angels that would take him home. And I turned to the wife. And I said, look at your husband. He's going now. 
And the woman said, no. And the man gave out the ghost. And took his last breath. The woman grabbed me. Hey, Apostle, Apostle, Apostle. He, he's dead. He's dead. I said, yes, he's dead. But this death is a death the Bible calls blessed are the dead in Christ. You know, people who are saved like that, their jubilation in heaven will be more than those of you who we have known the Lord Jesus for a time. This is a man that the gate of hell was waiting for. And Jesus double-crossed him. And the woman was afraid. I said, okay, don't worry. Stay around here for some time. He said, no, 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 I can't. Am I talking to you? It's your darling now. He said, no, 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 I can't. Because they have all this notion about ghosts. <laughs> so what I'm telling you is this. Delusion, if a person continues to live a life of deception, you will become deluded, which means you can never repent. Anybody who is deluded, no man can convince them except God. You can write that down. Now let me give you some scriptures about this delusion. In the book of Matthew 24 verse 4, Jesus says, answered, Watch out that you are not deceived. Watch out that you are not deceived. So, it is your duty to be careful. It is your duty to watch out. Don't accept a person because he said he's a man of God. Come on now. Come on now. A man of God is a man that speaks God. And a man that speaks God will speak sense. God cannot tell you to eat grass. Because grass is for goats. Are you with me? God cannot instruct you to do anything contrary to what was said in the scriptures. That is in the New Testament scriptures. You know, many people are deluded by Old Testament. You know, in, uh, in the Bible studies now, you are in the book of Lifticus, isn't it? Now, I allow you to read those books. And you see all the rituals, you know, salt covenants and all covenants and stuff like that. I allow you to read them because you are... Children of God, you must be scholars of the Bible so that all the ignoramus outside there, if they talk to you and they try to malign the, the word of God, you can tell them the truth. Are we talking together now? So, those Old Testaments that you are reading and all these rituals in the Bible have been done away with. Let me give you one scripture, I must never forget it. Hebrews chapter 10. Don't forget Hebrew chapter 10. Hebrew chapter 10. Hebrew chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Alright? It says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that, is, that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never be the same sacrifice repeated endlessly year after year, Make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, that is the Old Testament uh, rituals, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have 
have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin. Because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Sacrifice. Then he went further. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, this is the New Testament. He said, sacrifice and offering you do not desire. People will tell you to go and break coconuts. And you should pour the water of coconuts somewhere. Where did they get it from? From Lucifer, delusion. Someone says you must go to the beach. And you go and do some prayer in the beach. Who sent him? Satan. His delusion of the devil. Because Jesus says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there in their midst, I will be for the New Testament people. You don't need to go to mountain before you find God. In New Testament. If we have to go to mountain to find God, all the miracles of healing God does in crusade. We will have told the cripple and the blind, wait, let me go to the mountain and come back. That person will be, maybe have been dead before you come back. These are Old Testament things. Yes, sacrificing and offering is not that. He said, but a body you prepared for me. This is Jesus speaking. With burnt offerings and sin offering, you were not pleased. Then I said, here am I. It is written about me in this cross. I have come to do what? Oh, oh God. I have come to do your will, O God. Then he says, first, he said, sacrifice and offerings, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire. Nor were you pleased with them. That's the Old Testament shut down. All the Old Testament rituals shut down. Although the Lord required them to be made. Then he said, here am I, I have come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. Those of you who are not students will understand. When a law had been on, and that law, another law is to be made. The old law has to be repealed, isn't it? Come on now. Or else, if the old law is not repealed and a new law is made, the old law has credence over the new law. The new law cannot be interpreted without referring it back to the old law. And so this is what Jesus is saying here. The old laws of testament, old testament, have been repealed. It's been gone. Then he said, I have come to do your will. And that's verse 10. Yes, sir. So, he set aside the force to establish the new. And by... That, by that will, he had been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and what? For all. So, if anybody says, I'm a prophet and is telling you to do a sacrifice, is from the devil. If anybody says, I can receive from prophetic that you need to go and give offering in several places that person is of satan the place you are you didn't give offering if anybody says to you that sometimes some, somebody came to london and they were, they were getting sand from the sea and they were pointing all over the whole place it's from the devil if a christian does those things you are worshiping an idol if you die like that you go to hell 
You go to hell. The, the, the Lord God said, you shall worship no other God beside me. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit has been, had been falsely accused so much in the church of God. And I will read to you scriptures that tells you that they are from the devil. So, if you read that scripture further down, you will, you will get to verse 18, which says, And where these have been, where sins have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. You know, people who come to say they are prophets, and they are telling you that uh, there is a pattern in your family. You heard that on television? May God forgive them. They are liars. They are messengers of Satan. You need to ask them, when last did you see Jesus? They never saw him. They cannot see him. Which pattern? When Jesus showed up, every old pattern had been removed. Whatever happened to your family has no business with you. It has no jurisdiction over you because you are now in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, if a man therefore is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, all things have become new. All this is from God. You know, when Christians are running out of skelter looking for help, I pity them. But you see, it's because they are not sound in the Spirit of God. They don't know the Word of God. If you are a Christian, you don't know the Bible, I'm so sorry for you. You are just as good as a failure. Because if you don't know the regulations of Christianity, then you cannot go anywhere in Christianity. You cannot. Nobody can say, I'm a medical doctor, and you don't know the, the rules of medicine. You can't say, I'm a lawyer, and you cannot quote any, any act. You cannot say that. You can't say, I'm an engineer, and then you are, you are, they, they, they want to remove nail here, and you are, you are taking a, a spanner to come and remove a nail that pinches you. It is just like that. Christianity is not a place for people to come and join group. It is a place for people to come and know God. And develop. So if you are going to a church where they just bunch you up, you better run for your life. You don't have two lives. So therefore, if you look at the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 18, delusion. Before I take you to that, because I have just about 10 more minutes for this session, and then next week we can carry on. John 10.10. Shall we read it together, please? The thief. Jesus is the one who spoke here. John 10.10. Shall we read together? All right, let's stand up too, please. Stretch your body. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now let's read this blessed scripture. The thief. But I. Who said it? When? So, if Jesus calls Satan thief, that's why he said, watch out that he will not deceive you. Please sit down. There are three pillars of life. 
I've taught you extensively on this before. Three pillars of life. Number one, don't deceive yourself. Write it down. Number two, don't deceive others. And number three, don't deceive God. Let's say it together. Don't deceive yourself. Number two, don't deceive others. Number three, don't deceive God. Say it again. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive others. And don't deceive God. Somebody came to work in my house this week. And he was just, you know, last week. He he said to me, you know, he, he got a job with somebody. And he did the job. And he made mistakes. And so, he's an electrical man. And so, you know, when you make music electrical, he burns everything down. So, the things were burned down. And then when he came, he said, the man came, come, 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 come. You are a liar. Why did you lie to me? He said, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Never in your life call me a liar. Never in your life call me a liar. I don't lie. He said, I made a mistake. And I will pay for it. Don't call me a liar. However, I only do white lies. <laughs> and he was very serious and he was talking to me. He said, Bishop, I don't lie. Never lie. But I do white lies. <laughs> I said, all the education I have in life, I think I need more education. <laughs> I said, Chris, Can you teach me or explain to me the difference between lie and a qualified lie, which is white? You qualify this lie, that this is a white lie. Which is a white lie? He says sometimes, you know, my wife says to me that, do I look good? And I say, yeah, you look good, but she really doesn't look good. (laughs) She says, she says, she doesn't really look good. She said, when you see ladies, they, they, they want to say that, oh, you look fine, you look good. I said, oh, darling, you look wonderful, you look good. He said, but I really, really mean it. She doesn't really look good. But she wants me to say that. I have to say that to her so that she feels good. I said, so you call that? He said, that's white lie. <laughs> Amen. I mean, the guy was very serious. But he soon recognized that I'm a bishop. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, you don't have to be sorry. I've learned another thing from you today. (laughs) I can't only be a teacher of white lies. (laughs) Nevertheless, I will not expect any man to tell his wife, you are not beautiful. (laughs) Whether she looks like that or not, she is what? He's not white lie. (laughs) He's the truth. Amen. So don't deceive yourself, don't deceive man, don't deceive others. Don't deceive others and deceive God. But these three deceptions, the root behind it is Lucifer. You understand me? Because deception will lead to your injury. Deception will lead to your regret. I want to read scriptures to you. I talk to you and I will say it again. In the church of God, there are scriptures that warn you on how Satan will manifest deception. Number one, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 2. 
deceiving spirit and demonic teachings. The spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons in the church. Alright, such teachings come from hypocritical liars, those consciences <coughs> whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So we get this. In the church of God, in the last days, there will be demonic teaching and deceiving spirit. I am very weary about anybody who comes to me and says he's a deliverance minister. I, I looked at the whole Bible. I never see deliverance minister there. I've never seen it. So if the word deliverance minister is used by anybody, that person is either ignorant, alright, or a liar. I know Mark 16, 16 says what? These signs shall follow all who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. So every Christian can cast out demons. So it's not, it's not a ministry. There's no ministry of casting out demons. Five ministries, pastor, apostle, prophet, teacher, and evangelist. So if a person says, I'm a deliverance minister, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't even know deliverance. He doesn't even, he had, you ask any one of them who comes to you, have you ever seen a demon before? They have not seen any demon. I've seen many demons. And I still see them. See many angels. And I still see them. I dare not call myself deliverance minister because if you do that, if I do that, I lost my mind. You know, delusion is believing something that is not true as true in your mental. And I was in one of the meetings with all these pastors who come about that deliverance minister, and I said, let's, let's go. We want to go and preach to witches and wizards. And we have to go now. God said we, we, we should go. You know what's happened? They said, Apostle, you have that anointing. When it came to entering the evil forest, they said, no, you have the anointing. Because they have been deluded. They have been deluded. Delusion will make you call things that are not as if they are. And with conviction, you believe it. It's in your mental. I would get that. So there will be deceiving spirit and things told by demon. Similarly, you who is giving your life to Jesus, someone says that you are possessed. Can you imagine... If you are a Christian and you believe that after being born again you can be possessed, what happened to you is that you have been deceived, not deluded. Deception is they will tell, sell you a lie for truth. That's deception. But delusion is that you have been established in perpetual deception. Am I telling you something now? I have seen men who wage war against their blessed wives because one stupid prophet told them that their wives have witches or the wife is a woman that is beautiful coming to the congregation they said he has mommy water spirit and if a woman looks the other way you know maybe she looks you know that stuff of stuff they said she's a witch which women are in trouble because if you look too beautiful they say you are mommy water as if god don't create beautiful women it's only mommy that water them you know, so <laughs> And then if a woman looks, uh, you know, like a man, they, they say that she must be a witch. They are deluded. They are deluded. Let me tell you something. But if you are a Christian and the, you believe, 
It is because you have positioned man in the place of God. Because you, you respected the title the man carries or, you know, the persona of the person. Ah, he's a man of God. Which man of God? A man of God is the one that speaks God. Anything, anyone that speaks contrary to what Jesus has said is a man of the devil. Deceiving spirits will come in church and demons will teach in church. Demons cannot teach in church if they don't own the pulpits, speaking through a minister of God. That's the reason why the next one is folly ministers. And the Bible wants you in the book of Second Peter chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. But there will be false prophets and there were false prophets. Uh, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction to themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways. Follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of the truth into disrepute. It is in their greed. These teachers will exploit you and the, with, with, with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them. The time is so short for me. But understand this. God wants you that people will lie. Ministers will be false in your time. And it's happening. It's happening. But these people, the Bible tells you that they will, they will, they will be greedy people. They want to make money of every meeting. You know, in CFT we have uh, seminars. I have um, ministers' conferences across the globe. Really, I also was invited by the Senate of um, a country that I have to come and teach the senators and all stuff like that. But I never charged them. I never charged any one of them. But you see, in our, in our days, somebody will say they are having a seminar, you pay 25 pounds to enroll for seminar, and then in the seminar, every seminar, they will take offering. They will take offering. They will take offering. In every seminar, they will take offering. Because, you see, it costs us to bring the ministers, so you have to pay for the ministers. They are all devils. They are messengers of sin. That's the reason why you go to their seminar. Nobody can talk about encounter with Jesus. Nobody can talk about their experience of God. Nobody can describe an angel. And yet people go to them. I don't know why people go to them. They keep on telling you the same story. And it's not that these people paid to be educated in those fields they are teaching. Even if you are paid, if you pay to be educated in those fields, if you are doing it for church, why do you charge them? Jesus says, freely you receive, freely give. If you want money, don't come and preach. I would gather. Because preaching the gospel is not, is, not, is not a career of practice. It is different from law practice. It is different from an arbitrator. It is different from a, a, an architect or an engineer. Because when you do those things, you, you, you pay for what you are doing. But in church, who will pay you? Is the Lord. Is the Lord. Deceiving and false prophets. The Bible says they will introduce destructive heresies. And you see anywhere you see destructive heresies, you understand that the Bible warned you against them. You know, I, I was going through one very recently that spoke about tattooing your body, that Christians can tattoo their body. That um, The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 49 verse 16, See, I have engraved you on, my palm, on the palm of my hand. Your words are ever before me. And instead of engraved, that American translation Bible said, I have tattooed. 
It's American Bible. If any one of you reading any American Bible, throw it into the garbage. Anything American stuff, Bible, I am saying it, throw it into those beings. Are you with me now? Stick to King James Version, NIV and Revised Standard Version. Amplified, if you are not careful, it will, it will mislead you. I speak as a law person. Because some of the things that, when you read the Amplified Bible and they, they give other words to interpret the words. As a lawyer, I know that those words are not correct. They are misleading. When I read those Bibles, I take the law, the law dictionary and I take the, the, the normal dictionary. So you must be very careful. If your knowledge of a word in the Bible is subject to so many uh, interpretations of human head, you are not by the Holy Spirit, it's his human head you are just looking at. And when human head says something academically, you have to get the scripture that validates it for it to be scripture. Or else you will be misled. So, being deceived ignorantly. You recognize that? And it leads to regrets. It leads to regret. But you see that person who said you can tattoo your body, for God that lifted course, chapter 19, verse 26 to 28 says, Do not eat any meat with the blood in it. Do not practice divination or sorcery. Do not cut the hair of your sides, of your beards, or clip an edge of your beard. Do not cut your bodies for the dead, or put tattoo marks on yourself. I am God. You see, the Old Testament, where, where God said, don't do this in the Old Testament, that is upheld in the New Testament. Book of Galatians says that in chapter 3. But the rituals of the Old Testament has been paid for by the death of Christ. So Christians are not free from the rule that is command, that is the, the law of conscience. You know, I've almost finished my book on God's jurisprudence. In a short time we'll talk about that on this pulpit. The law of conscience, the law of thoughts, you know, the jurisprudence of God, those ones in the Bible remain. Because they are law of sanity. The law that governs relationship between husband and wife. Do not commit adultery. If you are a man or a woman and you are married and you have sex outside marriage, is adultery. The same thing, sexual immorality. If you are a, a man and you have sex with man, it's sexual immorality as far as the Bible is concerned. Really, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6 verse 9, I suppose, talks about it. Put it on the board very quickly. Let me read that to you. Yes. Chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Shall we read it together, please? Stop. Read it again. So now, who is the wicked? The Bible didn't leave it as an objective, um, uh, you know. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not an objective reasoning that, okay, I can say this, you can say that. It's subjective, rather. It's not subjective reasoning. That you can have opinion, that can have an opinion. It's an objective. Now, look at what it says. Who are the wicked? Shall we now read further? Do not. Uh huh. Yes. 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 And. Nah, nah, 
Yes. Yes. So if you lie to somebody and stole their money for something else, you are going to hell. You sin to somebody. You see, the issue of hell is not a matter of, I'm convinced I'll be there. How many, how many students are convinced of first class and they come out filled? So many of them. I must get first class. And then even pass, they didn't get. Because it's not by a conviction, man. This scripture says, the wicked are defined in, before God, not before you and I. He says, the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, forget it. You can't say, I'm a born again thief. And you are still stealing. The sexually immoral, if you are not married and you are having sexual intercourse, it causes sexual immorality. If you sleep with men and you are a man, it causes sexual morality. If you sleep with women and you are a woman, it causes sexual morality. If you, if you sleep with animals and dogs, you rape people, they are all the same category. Look, listen to me. If anybody believes contrary, they are what? Deluded. Deluded. Death is a late place to change your mind. It's late. And this scripture went further to say, in, our, in law, there's something they call categories of offense. Grand um, Prince um, Service, you help me in this. Categories of offense. You know, uh, they have some offenses that they are within a particular category. Okay? So when sentence is to be made, once it's in that category, they will ascribe or subscribe the sentence of that category to any member of the offenses. And in this place, categories, you say, sexually immoral, no idolaters, no adulterers, okay, no male prostitutes, no homosexual offenders, no thieves, no the greedy, no drunkards, no slanderers, no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Look, let me say this to you. It does not matter what the Human Rights Convention says. It does not matter what society says. It does not matter what view of people moral says. Moral standards have been changed. It has gone through phase of changes. Everyone who did jurisprudence will agree with me. You know, the very major case studies on jurisprudence about moral, you know, definition of moral. Before they came to the fact that moral is defined as whatever your, your, the society defines it as at the time of society. It wasn't so before. But it doesn't matter what the definition is. You and I know that in the past there are some laws in our laws. And suddenly... They began to say, oh, we have to accommodate this, and we have to accommodate that. Who is behind that accommodation? Lucifer. Why? He wanted hell to be full with people. 
And so, he began to bring up philosophy, or, you know, uh, you know, issues of laws, and, you know, in the Human Rights Act, we're going to have very shortly in the Human Rights Act, that a pedophile is a, you are born to be a pedophile, you know, so they should allow pedophile and uh, respect them, and then they should say, oh, well, if you marry your cats, you can have sex with your dogs, you know, respect all those stuff. I think we can understand that we are confronted with a very big case last week in Scotland when a prisoner who has converted to man to woman is he was a man and he's now said he's a she and now they are removing her from women prison only I think somebody must be stupid he should be in the women prison because we call him her if what your reasoning is correct it is peculiar nonsense. I, I can't understand in a, in a society of sanity that there is insanity governing the society of sanity. If I'm talk, talking to my fellow learner fellow, I will be able to go further on this issue. May you may be seeing me on television on this issue very shortly because I have been contacted by them to come and speak. I will get them now. Nonsense is nonsense. You cannot say there is sense in nonsense. You set somebody who, you, you raise the age bar, a limit of those who can convert from male to female and male female to male to 13, which in London we overthrew that. And then in that Scotland, that they re- reduce the age, or 16, whatever they call it, they reduce the age. They are going for nine. Really, they are going for nine. They reduce the age. Now, a, 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 a man who has now converted to become a woman, and you address her as she, because in, under the law, if you address him as man, him, you will, you will be contravening the law. So now, it's a she, and she's a rapist, and a, a man rapist. And then, now, <laughs> now, when she's convicted, she has to be put in she's prison. And when you put, her, put him in she's prison, all the women are natural women. And so you recognize that, you know, this man is so dangerous. How can he be dangerous when he says she like them? Am I telling you something? And then they now want to bring her into the prison of men. I think the men should reject her because it's a she. She cannot come to the men's prison. We don't want women in this prison, they should say. So that they will now be faced with their folly of delusion. I know it's going to come out. Who stirred up all this? It's God. He wanted, to see, he wanted man to know how foolish Satan had made them. Don't be deluded. Don't be deluded. I think I should stop talking. Or else I can keep on talking. But we're going to go back together. And we're going to explore more about the delusion of Satan. But can I say something to you? When we teach this, and you find yourself a victim, don't see it as you being condemned. No, you have a choice to do whatever you want. That is your choice. God gave everybody choice. But what you must know is this. Your choice does not obsolete the fact. It does not obsolete the truth. The definition of delusion from English dictionary, false belief or judgment about external reality held despite incontrovertible evidence to the contrary. It's choice. It's choice. Forget about all this jargon. What he's saying is this. Someone believes that I am a dog while that is a human being. Alright? Then that person is deluded. 
Because all the physique of your body shows us that you are a human being. You are not barking like a dog even if you mimic it. It's the same thing with this woman, she, who is, was a man. If a person says, I want to be a woman, I feel I was a woman, I was supposed to be a woman, and he's a man, I think they should remove from him every organ that makes him a man. Oh yes, so that he doesn't have it again. That it should be removed. Because if you say that you're a man, then every functioning of a man should be taken away. But what will make a man say that he's a woman, or make a woman say I'm a man, you understand it. They, they, they have false belief and false judgment of their external reality. Regardless of all the evidences posed to show contrary, however, this scripture says, I mean this definition says, it's all occurring in their mental condition. So if it's occurring in their mental condition, how can someone say that it is legitimate? The whole world is being deluded by Lucifer. But God has placed you on earth to recognize the delusion of Satan, to reject it, and also to stand against it. That is why you and I are in the kingdom of God. Shall we rise up on our feet? I will pray for you. My God and King, I pray for everyone that is under my voice today that our time has become so polluted by Satan. And Satan had become a member of parliament and maybe the great influencer of our laws. And there is a fear all over the world who will say it. Don't say the truth. Don't say the truth. Call lie the truth and present the truth as lie. And whenever lie is presented as truth, there is celebration even to the national level. Until now that our lie is confronting us. And going beyond our brain of reasoning. Lord, I pray for your church. You said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, may you establish your people. In the council of heaven. May you establish your people in the faith that comes from Jesus Christ. May you establish your people in the boldness of the apostles. That they will not stop speaking regardless of what confronts them. They will stand by the truth. They will proclaim the truth. They will live in the truth. And Satan will fail all over them. If there is anyone who is being deceived, be released from deception in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Those who are deluded, it's only you who can save them. We pray for mercy. Lord, we pray for mercy. Lord, we pray for mercy. How great will it be when that man who converted to a woman and now removed from woman prison come to his sanity only because you extended hand of mercy? And he comes boldly to the people and say that I was wrong. Really, I'm a man. That will go a long way, oh Lord. We have people like that that have been locked up by Satan in various delusion. Set them free, Lord. Let the light of mercy be extended to their region. Let Satan lose control of all this network all over the world. 
let the church victorious arise in power, in knowledge, in insight, and in understanding. That your name be glorified. This we ask and thank you is done, as we ask in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone that was sick, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Sickness, I rebuke you. Pain, I curse you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because it's done. As we have asked in Jesus' holy name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take our seats, please. Doctor, can you come and take our offering, please? Amen. Offering time. Shall we prepare for our tithes and offerings this morning? For those that give online, the information required is on the screen. And if you still use the envelopes, um, Please, you can signify to the ushers and they will help you with this. Um, for those that pay tax, um, we um, usually use uh, blue envelopes. And for non-taxpayers, please um, use the green envelopes. And as you give your offerings and your tithes this morning, the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Now, as you do that, I'll quickly read from the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 and I'll read from verses 6 to 8 2nd Corinthians 9 6 to 8 remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And the Lord bless us as we do so this morning. So I'll give you maybe a couple of minutes to... Um, give your tithes and your offerings this morning. And please, whatever it is that you have decided to give this morning, ensure that it comes from your heart. As we've been taught, it's important that everything we do as it regards our God should come from our heart. If you are finished, can you kindly rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for giving us the privilege to gather in your house again and the opportunity to give as you have instructed. Father Lord Almighty, the Bible says that each one of us should give what we have decided to give in our hearts. 
And Father, Lord Almighty, as we give from our hearts this morning, we pray that our offerings be acceptable before you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen.
Bible says, Make an altar of earth for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and your goats and your cattle. Wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because you have caused your name to be honored in this house, by confirming the words you have spoken through the mouth of your servant. And Father Lord Almighty, as the scripture has said, as we give our offering this morning, come to us, O Lord, and bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, we, are, we bring the holy offering that has been brought by your holy people before you this morning. We pray that you send your holy fire from heaven and consume this holy sacrifice. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Let's be seated, please. Now we're going to have our thanksgiving. Um, today is special Sunday. Um, Sister Addis Sumbo. Really, let me say something to you that the Lord spoke to me when I was sitting down there. Listen attentively. It's for women. There are some women that are going through um, a very turbulent time in their marriage. The enemy has been using the marriage to disturb your peace. The Lord told me to tell you, in this month of February, you will see divine intervention. You know, it's strange that sometimes there are things in our lives that we, do, we think God does not see. Or God is not concerned, especially if you have been expecting for a long time and your expectation has now become, you know, it's part of my life. It is not part of life. In February, heaven will answer your cry. Now we're going to have Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, you who even said amen. You on the, on the, on the net, you are watching me now. Yes. With your tears, God has answered. He has heard your tears. And you will call us to say, the Lord has done it. Now, we have Sister Ade Sumbo Ajimol Ajinomoto. Is that correct? Or the, the spelling Ajinomoto Okwala. Yes, what is this Ajinomoto? We don't know. Sister Okwala, 60. Oh, the Ajinomoto, is that your name? Uh huh. So the name, that is spelled wrongly. That is, that is Sister Adesumbo, isn't it? Beautiful. Not allow them to name you again on your sister because that that name I can't even understand it, but I know that your name is Yoruba. Uh, yeah, she's 60 today, uh, this month, and uh, and the Dickness Olufunke Olania is 55, your 55th birthday. That is interesting. And then, first year anniversary of passing of Dr. Dickiness Matilda Chinyiri Akiyami. Yes, these are the family. It's one year anniversary of her departure to glory. Then Ezekiel 
Ezekiel husband, what does that mean? First birthday. Today, actual day. All right. I read what I was. I'm a reader. And then we have a biblical dedication of Olua Fon. Yes, Olua Fonisayemi. Can I say, how many of you were born in January? I can't hear you. Uh, You see, you see. I think November children should help them, you know. August children. (laughs) You know, it is in Christ with Tabernacle, I saw somebody born on the 1st of January. I think two of them now. It was one, but they are now two. Ah, it's three. First of January. Ah. Who is a woman hand there? Who was born first of January? Why are you pointing to... to... Those children are rare. You must know this. So when I see these people in January, they are the ones who have championed all of us. After they do their Thanksgiving for us, then all of us begin to follow. So I think today that um, we are celebrating them. And you wear that in January, wave your hands. Whoa! Can you imagine? <laughs> Born in January, weathered in January, and christening. We are going to celebrate God for you. So please, can you rise up on your feet and choir? Give them a danceable song so that their feet can dance before their God. Please, those of you who are having the function, go to the back and dance well.
say that um, this choir are ready for African revival. Yeah. All my crusade in Africa, they'll be following. Because these English people, they are just shaking instead of dancing. They were singing like that. I can see some of you digging it, but some of you are just doing like this. <laughs> you are dancing English way. We will all go together to my crusade in Ijebuland and then your dance will change. We thank God for you all. We celebrate your birth. It's interesting that in those old, old days, when people are 50, they'll be walking with walking stick. And when women are 60, you will know it by the way that everything will change. They'll be walking, talking like old person. But you see, in these days, Computer age. Those who are 60, they no grill. <laughs> they still look like young girls. Amen. I think our generation is blessed. We are looking fresh and green. At 50, we are golden. At 60, we are still bubbling. Well, the Bible says this to you. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. So your children shall be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. I say your generation shall be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in your house. And your righteousness will endure forever. Even in darkness, light will dawn for you as an upright. For the gracious and compassionate, for the righteous man, good will come to you. Because you also give generously. May the Lord establish you and you will surely never be shaken. He says, the righteous will be remembered forever. He will have nothing to fear. Because your heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. Your horn will be exalted in high honor. This Lord, I speak to those who are having their birthdays today, especially the 60th year. 
and the 50-50 year. It is a long journey of life. But we thank you for the grace you have given to them to reach this age and to live their full lifespan. It is written, Worship the Lord your God and His blessing will come upon your food and water. None will miscarry in your land and none shall be barren. And we thank you for opening the womb of your daughter and out of the body of your son you have brought this forth whom we have brought to the temple of God today to be dedicated. Thank you Lord God for those who celebrated all who celebrated their birthdays for your grace and mercy upon them all the days of their life till now and for the assurance of your continuous mercy for the years to come. The Bible says, Worship the Lord your God, He will cause His blessing to come upon your food and water. None will miscarry in your land, and none shall be barren in your land. I will give you full lifespan. The Lord will give you full lifespan. You will live all the days of your life to the fullest before the Lord. Those who have their wedding ceremony, anniversary this month, we thank you for sustaining them. We thank you for refreshing them. And we thank you for blessing them. We thank you for promoting them, providing for them. From the day they are married, they are not the same now. And we bless and glorify your holy name. Now there's the family of your daughter, Dr. Matilda Akiyemi, who departed to your glory a year ago. I commit them to your hands. The God of your mother shall continue to be your God. The Jesus that she served, whom your father also served, shall begin to shall continue to be the light and God in your lives. The covenant of the righteous, the covenant of God with the righteous and their descendants shall be fulfilled over you. And may the Lord give you full lifespan. May your memory never be finished in the midst of mortal men. And what God has ordained you to do, may you do it to the place of praise of God. Those who are well-wishers, I speak your blessing upon them. I declare now that good things will not cease in their camp. As you have come to the altar to thank God on behalf of others, in a short time, God will move in your life and you shall become celebrated. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. I want to anoint the baby and those who are having their special. Prophet Elijah, they will sing your song for you. It's not for me. It's for the Lord. Put it there. Good boy. Lord, we thank you for this child. This is a miracle baby. We receive you into the family of God in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the peace of God rest upon you. When you get to the age of reasoning, you will choose the part of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Lord, I anoint your daughter in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. For all your years of labor in God, the Lord will give you double. And the offerings that you are bringing in your hand today shall be memorial concerning you before the Lord. All what you deserve for your family, your husband, your children will be granted. You will live to see good old days in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, I pray for your daughter. She's 60 this month. 60 is 50 plus 10. 50 is number of jubilee. And 10 is number of government. So I pray. All the years you have spent on earth, all the achievement you have had on earth, as you enter into this new realm, the Lord will grant you double of them. There are desires of life that you might not have accomplished. You receive unction in this season to accomplish them. The Lord refresh your bones, refresh your organs, and all your desires over your family, your husband, your children, and grandchildren shall be granted. May yours be delightful land. You will worry no more. The Lord will answer you in a way that will terrify you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you. May the Lord grant you strength for this old age. In the name of Jesus Christ. One. You are one today. Wow. Lord, I invoke your blessing upon this boy. He is one today. Some of us are in our 80s. While he is beginning, we are winding down. May the Lord grant you grace to sustain you. All your life may you be established in God. And may you bear fruits. And the fruit that will last. All you need for life may heaven grant unto you. In Jesus' anointed name. You can put your offering in the bag. Let me pray over your offering. Come closer to me. Yes. Yes. Pastor, you stand there. They will, they will take care of it and bring it to you. I want to pray for the offering. Lord, you said, bring your offering to my altar. And these people hold in their, in their hands an offering to say thank you. And there are not ten lepers that were healed, you said. But on, why is it only this Samaritan one that came back to say thank you? And you said to the Samaritan, you are made whole. Lord, these people who hold in their hand their substance of thanks unto you. May you use this, O God, as a communication line to them and bring to completion all you have begun in their lives. May the Lord make you whole. May the Lord increase your ban. Because you have decided to, to give God the thanks and praise for what he's done. May the hand of God never be shut over you. May heavens over you be opened. Whatever be the desires of your heart, may heaven grant you. And Holy Father, this is the holy offering that is brought by your holy people. Let your holy fire come down from heaven and consume this holy sacrifice. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. I speak to all in this building. Sound of rejoicing shall not cease in your lives. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Amen and amen. Choir, sing for them. When you see me dance, sing that song you were singing before. And before you go to the other one. Because that song makes body shake well. Come on now, then you sing. I say, come and see what the Lord has done for me. 
The first, second, third of, of the victory night. This is the kind of song we want to sing. Because we are now celebrating into our 33rd anniversary. Please be seated. Before we go, I have just two announcements to make. And I will hand over to Pastor Tayo. Can I confirm Pastor Oyedele Ayani, please? Where is Pastor Ayani? Is Pastor Ayani here? Yes? All right. That's okay. Now, with thanks given to God and a deep sympathy, I want to announce 
the departure of Sister Teresa. Can you put the photograph up to glory? Sister Teresa Adomako. Some of you saw her on the 8th. She was here. And the following Sunday, she was in, in a New Cross because she attends New Cross. And then she took ill briefly after that. But um, on, on um, is it Thursday that I went to the hospital? On Tuesday. When I was told on Sunday about the illness, the Lord told me that she was on his way home, her way home. Because it is, not, it is not natural. Everything just collapsed suddenly. And the doctors can understand it. So when I was told, the Lord said I should go and bid her farewell. So I went to the hospital on Tuesday. And uh, she was, I think she still spoke with um, Dickiness um, Alice. Telling her that on Tuesday I will be discharged. Because she went to the hospital with one portmanteau and one uh, bag. Full of clothes. So they said, ah, Mama Alice, which one is this now? She said, on Tuesday I'll be discharged. But on that Tuesday when I went, I prayed with her and I prepared her to meet the Lord. And I said to her that I'm sure that you are not going to see me physically. You are going to meet the Lord. And we prayed together. And when I left, an hour and a half I left, she passed on to glory. The Bible says, blessed are the dead in Christ. And blessed is the death of his saints in his sight. So when we depart, we celebrate. We don't mourn. So, Sister Teresa, you will never see her again in this physical body until you see her in glory. We will let you know when we have resolved with the family about the burial arrangements. Uh, uh, but those of you, every one of you in New Cross know her very well. Some of you here may know her. She was, she was in the department of those who cleaned the church. And she was one of the first in church because she has her seat in, in, in New Cross on the right, second and third seat. And she's always occupying it because she comes earlier than everybody. And she's always there. So we thank God for her life. Also... I want to announce the glorious departure again of my beloved friend, Bishop Reed. Why did you not put my photograph with him? Put my photograph with him, that's it. That is Bishop Reed for you. Myself and Bishop Reed are very good friends. And uh, you don't worry because they said that memory of Bishop Reed. You put my photograph there, does not mean I'm going now. So don't be afraid. Put my photograph. I'm his friend in life and in death. And we'll be doing his funeral on the 3rd of February by the grace of God. The information to the funeral will be given to every one of you, especially those of you who live in area of um, um, Brentwood and also Bilariki, you know, Essex area. You can join us in... Uh, the funeral. He has gone to meet to, to join with his wife, which is, you know, a good thing because his wife had departed. Oh, you know, most of you who are here recognize the time. But we thank God for the life of this man. This man was a general in God. 
you know, God used him to shape the Christian. In this country, this is the man who confronts the government and everybody when they, when they cross their boundary. He goes to the parliament and confronts them. And there is no one in this country who does such. He had pioneered many things. He pioneered one of the best schools. His secondary school was better than Eton College. And he also pioneered the Peniel, which was a very great church. So we thank God for the life of um, Bishop Reed, and we celebrate his exit. May the Lord continue to strengthen and bless every one of you. I'm sure you are getting yourself ready for the, for the anniversary. Hey, let me hear you here. Yeah. Uh-huh. This anniversary will be fantastic. Do you know on, on Friday I was telling you about some people who are so faithful to God that when they are pregnant, they will continue to attend choir practice and sing. Isn't it? You remember I said that? I said they will give birth in night, after night vigil or after uh, choir practice and they will go and give birth and they will come back the following Sunday with the baby. That to me is a true worshipper. It is with great delight that I want to tell you that another grandbaby has been added for me. Amen. They can sing over and sister Kemi Kailundu, a bouncing baby girl. You see them now, you see them. These are the manufacturers, you know. <laughs> but you know something strange about this girl? She did not come three days ago. She did not come today. She came yesterday. Why? The grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Kailundo, can you stand up, please? Yesterday was their wedding anniversary. And the baby landed on their wedding anniversary day. <laughs> please be seated. So... We grandparents have been rejoicing and celebrating them. When I heard the voice, I said, well, I didn't see you yesterday. He said, we just landed. <laughs> I said, wow. We thank God for... And let me say, the labor was 30 minutes. You know, I, was, I told them that I mentioned you yesterday in my preaching on the Overcomers Night, that people who are faithful to serving God, God is faithful to them. In childbearing, you can't have issues. You cannot. And you know, this baby was telling me that exactly what I said. Throughout this pregnancy, she did not have any issue. Because she would come to choir practice, she would sing here. Even when the belly was like this last two weeks. I went to smile to her here. She was standing over there. I said, that was a prophecy. And I said to her that two of you are hearing the prophecy, isn't it? <laughs> the one inside. And you see all these children that their parents conceive and they continue to bring them to church. When the power of God moves, they are under it. When unction moves, they are under it. When prophecy flows, they are under it. So those children, you can, you can, you, you can bet your life on them. They will serve the Lord. And so we want to thank God for their lives, not only for the baby, but for their life of encouragement to every one of us. May the Lord strengthen and bless you. Pastor Tyler, please. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many of us were here on Friday? You know that was a brief announcement on Friday. I gave a very, very brief announcement on Friday. So tonight, this morning or this afternoon, it's payback time. 
It's payback time. It's not my fault. I've got a number of announcements to make. Can I first welcome anyone who's joined us for the very first time? If this is your first time in Christ with Tabernacle, we'd like to give you a warm welcome. Anyone join us for the first time, please raise your hand wherever you are if you're visiting us for the first time today. Anyone visiting us? Please stand. Please stand. You are Welcome to Christ's Face of Anarcho, where the Lord himself is building overcomers for tomorrow. Thank you very much for being a part of today's celebrations. Please be seated. I mean, somehow I think I've seen, I, I'm sure I've seen one of the faces before, but maybe it was somewhere else. Or maybe, but I do recognize one of those faces. Thank you very much. The ushers would have given you a pack. Please complete the form that is within the pack and let us know how it could be a further blessing to you. I would like to remind us that today at 7 p.m. we in our home groups. Please reflect on the book of Exodus, chapters 29 to 40. Exodus 29 to 40. And tonight at 9 p.m. we'll be having our prayer session and communion on Zoom. Online on Zoom and of course YouTube and free conference call. And that's at 9 p.m. prayer and communion. Please note that the daily prayers this week are as follows. Monday we'll be having the prayer link up on Zoom at 9 p.m. But please note we have prophetic voice ministers meeting tomorrow as well. So we'll be transmitting the prophetic voice ministers meeting will be taking place at the cathedral. So transmission for those who are not attending the prophetic voice will be on Zoom. But then it would link in and dovetail into the, into the, into the 9 o'clock prayers. I believe the 7 o'clock, 7 to 8 is for pastors only. Um, and then it would, the transmission will start around about 8 p.m. Um, online. And then it moves into the prayer session. Please join. If you can attend in person, please, it is encouraged. And on Tuesday, we'll be meeting on Zoom or online rather than just, I keep saying Zoom, isn't it? Not everybody turns, on on Zoom, turns up on Zoom. Some are on YouTube as well or free conference call. Please, we'll be using the online platform on Tuesday at 9 p.m. on Tuesday. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is what? Victory night. So Wednesday 1st, Thursday 2nd, Friday 3rd, Victory Nights, and we'll be at the Cathedral at 8 p.m. on each of those days. So please plan to be here. God does some awesome things. Of course, on, the, on Friday the 3rd, we'll be breaking bread together. But you do know that this month is a month of our anniversary, and anniversary celebrations are started in full force. On the subject of anniversaries, or on the subject of the anniversary, please, if you would like to volunteer to be a part of the transport team, transport volunteers, please 
contact the church office, Elder Charles, and leave your details. We are imploring both male and female transport volunteers, if you can drive and you've got a vehicle you'll be, and you'll be available during the course of the week, would like you to please put down your names um, because we'll need some ferrying, we'll need some moving of, or, or, or collecting of our, of our guests as they arrive. You might be only available for one day, that's good enough. You, can, you might be available for the five days, six days. Please let us know by contact to the church office. Can I remind all female leaders, that's the female pastors, deaconesses, the wives of um, deacons um, and elders, who are not ordained and all female leaders please note you have a 15 minute meeting immediately after the service a 15 minute meeting immediately after the service but we are conscious that in order to have that fully you might win the auditorium would need to be evacuated first or cleared up so please remain seated where you are and afterwards you'll then make your way to the front to the front of the auditorium you'll be invited to make your way to the front of the auditorium where you will then have the a very brief meeting but please whilst everyone else is leaving after the service please remain seated where you are i'd like to mention or remind the men light of the world prayer meeting will be holding at 9 p.m on saturday the first light of the world saturday prayer meeting on Saturday the 4th of February at 9 p.m. and it will be on the conference call, free conference call. Please look out for the, for, the, um, for the link and all men are encouraged to attend. Likewise, please note Light of the World Evangelism will hold on the third Saturday of every month. Third th Saturday of every month. And the Lord bless you men as you put this in your diary. Now I've got a couple of announcements to make, and this is going to be home turf. Praise the Lord. Now I know we've got a...
Either sometimes we just do the, you know, family talk. Can I invite us to rise as we bring this meeting to a close? Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, God has special things in store for us in this season. In this house, we have or we hear directly from God's throne of grace. And what we ought to do is to go out there and influence the world around us because our eyes are open. Praise the Lord. We know we have connection to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. So remember your royalty. Your royalty. Remember that you've got the righteous one living in you. And you know that you can impact the world around you. We are not deluded. But our lives have been transformed. Go out in that power in the course of this week. Recognizing who you are in Christ Jesus. And the Lord will empower and grace you in great ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace as it's written in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now, may the God of peace, that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the ship, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Turn to someone and declare, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Now turn to yourself and declare, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. To sing our closing hymn, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. This is a promise of God.
And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May the Lord God Almighty lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated. The ushers would invite you out. Have a wonderful week. And can I...